Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Dr. Sabrina Steerwalt, and I'm Everyday Einstein, bringing you quick and dirty tips to help you make sense of science. Today I have with me Dr. Jonathan Quick, who is currently a senior fellow at Management Sciences for Health, a nonprofit that works to build strong, locally-led health systems in some of the world's poorest places. He has worked as a family physician and the director of essential medicines at the World Health Organization. He has published many articles in leading medical journals and is also the author of The End of Epidemics, The Looming Threat to Humanity and How to Stop It a book he published in 2018, which is, of course, chillingly topical right now. He is an expert in pandemic threats and health systems innovation. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Quick. Thank you for having me. There's a lot of misinformation out there. So what do you think are some of the basic facts about COVID-19 that people really need to know? First, that it's an entirely new coronavirus that we have only known for two months. There's a lot we know. There's a lot we don't know. It's the third really deadly coronavirus to go global. The first one was the SARS virus in 2003. The uh, second one was coronavirus out of the Middle East, the MERS virus. And, And then this is the third. What's worrying about this one is the spread. It's more contagious than the other two. And also the fatality rate. So the MERS virus has a 60% fatality rate. The SARS virus, 10%. This, 1% to 2%. But to just put that in perspective, what it means is, like with a seasonal flu, one out of a 1,000 people die. With coronavirus, this coronavirus, it's about one out of 50. And if you have risk factors, it's one out of 10. So it's deadly, and it is spreading globally and doubling every few days. So that's what's concerning. So you mentioned the different fatality rates. We've been seeing a lot of reports that the symptoms can be different for different ages or different groups. Do we understand why the same virus can affect different people so differently? The symptoms tend to be fairly similar in terms of fever and respiratory congestion. What's really distressing is the differences in the fatality rate. So we know now from a recent study that the uh, Centers for Disease Control has published that for people uh, over 85, their case fatality rate was 10 to 25 percent, whereas down in the younger ages, under 40, it was under 1 percent. So the big difference between the ages is how susceptible they are. And it's basically elderly people and people with medical problems that are much more susceptible to the worst cases. That said, in this study, half of the people who ended up hospitalized at intensive care units were under 65. So although the risks are higher, 
in the older age ranges. There still are risks even in the uh, the prime of adulthood. Right. We see a lot of misinformation, like I said. What are some of the most dangerous myths that you've come across that you can dispel for us? Let me say a couple words first about why myths are are a problem. Okay. Um, and what's the consequence of, of a myth? So one consequence is that it can lead you to conclude that this is no big deal and be complacent in your behavior. As right. the uh, spring break partiers and the uh, Boston Biotech Company that didn't worry so much about it and had a conference anyway, and 130 people were subsequently infected for first responders who announced that they don't believe and won't protect themselves, it can lead you to put yourself at, at risk. It can also lead you to rely on measures that don't work, that do little or nothing or even increase our, our risks. Either way, the consequences are you're risking getting sick yourself, but because so much of it doesn't cause symptoms, if through casual behavior you get yourself sick, you can unintentionally infect others. You don't know, just looking at somebody, whether the person that you're sitting next to has got some medical problem, whether they're immunosuppressed from, from cancer. So if you get yourself infected, you can unintentionally infect someone else who's at risk and, and lead to serious illness, intensive care, or even death. So there's, there's a consequence to not getting the facts. Some of the strange and dangerous myths, dangerous because they lead you not to protect yourself, are things like breathing through baby wipes will protect you or garlic will protect you. Oh, I hadn't heard those. Yeah, yeah, no. As a matter of fact, there are lists, pretty much any mainstream media, New York Times, BBC, they all have the lists of, of, of different myths. Wow. Um, well, that explains why I can't find yeah. baby wipes for my yeah. baby's yeah. actual yes, bottom. Yes. <laughs> I, and those don't work. The other thing is those don't substitute for gel. But three common myths that are creating some some problems. One is that a regular everyday face mask will protect you, a surgical face mask, and it really doesn't. It doesn't filter out the viruses. And the other thing is, and I watched this vividly. A person across the aisle on a plane was drinking a soda, and normally you just take the top off, drink the soda. Your hand wouldn't touch your face. But he had to mm -hmm. take the face mask down, get the right. soda, put the face right. mask back up and adjust it. And, and actually, you may end up, because the hand-to-face is so important, you may end up infecting yourself. So that's one common myth that's causing confusion. The other one is, you know, it's like the flu, so why worry? Um, and we've already talked about that. The symptoms are similar, but the disease is very different. The third, which is a to-be-determined and that is that the virus will die out in warmer weather. And, you yeah. know, there's some evidence suggesting that it may go down in the warmer weather. Uh, I don't think very many virologists agree that anything will make it go away at this point. But we can't plan on that. Hopefully that'll happen and give us a little bit of break. Uh, but we won't really know until the virus tells us. Got it. And speaking of a break, if you got it, and you recover, do we have any ballpark estimate? Are you immune? Does that immunity last forever, for a year? So because we only have some people that, are, that have recovered, we don't have any long-term with this virus. We know that with the seasonal 
coronaviruses. So I talked about the three global coronaviruses, but they've also got right. their sort of weaker cousins, the, the four seasonal uh, viruses. And the immunity doesn't really last very long with those. So we, again, we won't know until we have enough experience with this virus. One thing on the issue of, of misinformation that I think is really important is knowing how to identify misinformation. The fact-checking organizations actually have put together eight things that you should look at to see if something is likely to be fake news. And I won't go through all of those. One of them is to look at the source. Where is this coming from? What kind of a site is it? What's the mission of, of, of um, the organization? Who's the author? Do they seem to have any credentials? Are there any supporting sources? I always go to the source. When something is, is suspect or seems unusual, go to the source. If there's a lot of hyperbole in the way that it's, it's said, the fact is that fake news uses much more dramatic language. And then check, check other sources. You know, if you see uh, something like garlic will protect you, look at two or three other sources. So there are a few habits that you can use to filter out. The other thing that I would say is social media is an important source of ideas and information about what's out there. But when you're going to make a decision that affects the health of yourself and your family, go to a reliable source. And people are hearing this over and over again, but www.cdc.gov is the U.S. Centers for Disease Control. They're a world-renowned organization, and their sole mission in life is to protect the health and well-being of the American people. They have no other goal but that. So if you go to the CDC website, you'll see the basic measures, hand-washing, limiting exposure, keeping away three to six feet with people, reduced hand-to-face touching, answers to a lot of different questions around coronavirus and pregnancy, coronavirus and travel. So again, the principle, use social media to get ideas and see what's happening. But when it comes to making decisions that matter for you and your family, go to unbiased, updated, evidence-based sources. That's really great advice. Thank you. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support so you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. And the topic of advice, I am wondering if you have any advice for those of us out there who are considered essential 
employees who are still going out. So I am an academic. I'm sitting at home, but my husband is an essential employee. Many of my dear friends are essential employees working in grocery stores or doctors. And so I'm wondering if you have any advice for how essential employees can go out and do the brave work that they do and then come home and be safe with their families. So the basics work for everybody. So frequent hand washing and, you know, go several times a day with soap, two versus a happy birthday, do it long enough and get the fronts and backs and between your your fingers and, and, and your nails and all. That really is important. Staying to the extent possible, three to six feet away from people, that closeness is a problem. I heard one expert say that if you could smell what they had for lunch, you're too close. <laughs> um, li- Probably in other times, too. <laughs> That's Yeah, limiting the time. So if it's places that are crowded where you'd be standing in a big line and all try to go at the less uh, less crowded places uh, and keep keep your surfaces clean. Um, we again, we're just learning about this virus, but we know from other coronaviruses and evidence so far that this can linger on surfaces. If you have surfaces that are where you people are frequently there with, with their hands and all, I mean, like a kitchen desktop or meeting tables where people are sort of all over it, as it were. Or I like the tray tables on airplanes and all the airplanes are doing a good job. But those surfaces, yeah. until we know more treat them as potential uh, places of exposure. Right, because we don't know how long it lasts on surfaces yet, do we? Yeah, no. I mean, we we know that other coronaviruses, the SARS virus, can last from hours to several days. Okay. Uh, but and being on the surface is not does not necessarily mean it's still able to infect you, but vigilance is, is the word. This has been really informative. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're in super high demand right now. So I appreciate it. My listeners appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Sabrina. I really appreciate the interest and and people's interest in staying healthy during this. It's up to each of us individually and all of us collectively. Thank you. And since I now am locked inside, I will definitely be checking out your book. (laughs) (laughs) To learn more from Dr. Jonathan Quick, you can follow him on Twitter at Jono Quick. That's J-O-N-O Quick. Dr. Quick has also left us with some tips for how to spot our own fake news related to coronavirus or otherwise. When it comes to getting the highest quality, most accurate news related to the coronavirus, Dr. Quick recommends getting the latest public health information from the CDC. That's www.coronavirus.gov. And the latest research on coronavirus from the NIH. That's www.nih.gov slash coronavirus. And when you're trying to sort out fake news from real news, Dr. Quick also highly recommends the site www.factcheck.org, where they break down coronavirus and other myths, and in particular their article on how to spot fake news. In the written transcript for this episode, you can find those links, along with a link to an infographic that fact checkers use with eight tips for identifying misinformation and junk news. Until next time, I'm Dr. Sabrina Steerwald with Everyday Einstein's quick and dirty tips for helping you make sense of science. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.